You're listening to I Got That One. Presented by Tom and Yvonne. Well, that was close and competitive. I know. It's so nice to be able to record an episode to where the main talking point is uh, the actual game itself and not the drama around it. I know, right? Uh, I really enjoyed this one. This one was neck and neck. Um, it was keeping me on the edge of my seat, so I enjoyed myself. And congratulations to both teams for a job really well done. Oh, no, absolutely. This was definitely two teams which had points to prove. Yeah. And I would say that this was a sign of one team definitely being much improved from how we saw them from the first I match. I agree, I agree. And what seemed like it might have been a little bit of an off day for the other. Yeah, well, we can we can talk about that um, a little bit more. But yeah, this week we saw St. John's Cambridge versus Emmanuel Cambridge. Mm-hmm. Now, the important thing is that uh, these are two very similar teams. They were both the best scoring losers of this first yes. round. Yes. They're both uh, Cambridge colleges. Yes. And they're both very young. Um, St. John's has an average age of 22 and Emmanuel has an average age of 21. Yeah, and I think that really came across in the final score and with how the match just was. um, You can see that it could have gone either way, I think, just because of how closely fought it was, how competitive both teams were, how um, when we look at Stats Corner in a bit, it'd be hard to identify which team was which based on their score. Absolutely. So I think let's start talking with the Emmanuel team. Yeah. And I have to say, I am extremely impressed with how far this team has come from how we first saw them. I agree. Now, they've never been a bad team. They've always had very strong strengths. The problem was, was that I think in the first match, there was something that wasn't quite working in terms of workflow. Mm Mm-hmm. To your point earlier, I think they have definitely shown so much of improvement since then. I think Mm -hmm. Malcolm has definitely uh, become a lot better as a captain. She's a lot more decisive. Um, She's quicker as well. She scans uh, her team for for answers and canvases that a lot better. We've heard more from some of the other teammates as well. They definitely seem more comfortable talking. And more confident, yeah. But I think the big difference is that she is willing to listen yeah especially with raffle because okay you know i feel like raffle is fairly soft-spoken oh yeah Uh, and so i feel like she's now more willing to kind of turn and kind of make sure that she you know listens to him when he has uh, something to say now that you mention it i feel like the whole team is pretty soft-spoken yeah like raffle pullinger even i would say uh raffle and pullinger are both fairly soft-spoken um malcolm i would say is maybe slightly less soft-spoken yeah but i think i think they all are but then yeah uh, yeah i think she's definitely become a lot more confident um and it helps having had more much more practice than a lot of the other teams as well and i think what's also important is that in the previous matches that we saw them play they had this I wouldn't say habit but it felt like they got a little bit nervous in the last stages of the competition and they would start you know buzzing in a bit too early a bit too rashly and they they would lose some valuable points none of that happening now they stayed calm they stayed collected razor sharp especially in the end you could kind of see them uh all four of them being super focused Mm -hmm. uh, which is great definitely this is a team where you know the first time we saw them i was like i'm not sure if we're gonna see um you know a lot of them but now i'm saying i'm thinking that they have a good solid chance of making it through to um the the next stages yeah i think they could qualify to the semis it depends um, on who sure. uh, they face next, but I could definitely see them maybe getting a little bit further along for sure. Yeah, and then St. John's, on the other hand, will need to come back and win twice, right? 
That is how uh, these very weird rules for the quarterfinals the, work. The yes. swamp that is the quarterfinals. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I like you were saying earlier, I thought that St. John's was, you know, as good as always. But mm-hmm. I just feel feel like they were a little bit more relaxed. Um, Chan especially, I felt like he was slightly more relaxed than we've seen him previously where he, he was maybe a bit more intense, buzzing a lot more. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if relaxed is the right word but yeah. there was definitely a less less of an intensity with uh, yeah like, i feel like he was smiling a bit more and laughing a bit more he was definitely a little, a little bit less serious maybe having a little bit more fun with which the is, match which is fine i mean i think they did super well um even even that said for sure but i still feel like there was something that was a little bit off with um yeah what do you mean i mean Again, I don't want to psychoanalyze. I don't want to be some kind of, you know, body language expert like we've seen far too much of on Twitter. No, you don't. No, you don't. But I'm just saying, compare this to the performance we saw in the second round Mm -hmm. where they felt far more confident and kind of, you know, on the ball. Especially, I would say, Clark was really, really giving it his all in the second round. It was a lot more muted this time. And it might just be that um, their um, bonuses were just really not uh in their wheelhouse yeah and so i mean to be fair there were some very very difficult uh bonus questions yeah that i had no hope in uh, hell of answering (laughs) yeah but you could definitely tell that uh, they were struggling a little bit in that and there were often times where they were getting two or three um starters in a row yeah but they're just having a hard time getting the bonuses to get enough of a lead yeah and so when emmanuel finally got a chance to interrupt their streak and they had a nice clean run and they would overtake. Yeah. And it was a pattern that's happened three or four times in the match. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not saying that the team fell apart. They still put in a stellar performance and really made manual work yeah, for their they were, win. Yeah, they were solid, yeah. But it was definitely a sense of, this is not as confident a team as we saw in the second round. Yeah. And it could be a multitude of reasons, mm. but I feel like they have their work cut out with it, for them a little bit when it comes yeah. to their next match. Because there are some really, really strong teams coming up. Yeah. Um, so I wonder who they get to face next. But yeah, I think um, if they want to stay in the semis, which I hope because I like this team, oh, yeah. then um, yeah, I think there's a few things that they could uh, work on. I mean, it's tough because I like all the teams that are still in the competition. Yeah. The none which I would be happy to see leave. But yes, especially uh, these young teams, they seem so kind of, you know, happy and there's a lot of energy in them. It would be a real shame to uh, lose them, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, the nature of this competition means that, you know, some teams, these teams are going to have to go at some point and just have to wait and see which ones these are. Yeah, that's how the cards fall. Indeed. There's something else I wanted to quickly touch upon and I wanted to get your thoughts on that. There was something weird about the camera setup in this round. Um... Okay, what do you mean by that? Well, for a starter, Paxman, it felt like there was more zoomed in on his face this time. <laughs> yeah, I think I got that. And it was a different angle as well. Normally, it's a little bit more kind of centered oh, right. on his desk this time. It was time. a bit to the side. It was more to his left. Yeah. And it was definitely more zoomed into where you couldn't see his desk anymore. Okay. And you could even see uh, his cards either. Okay. But normally, you could see him like reading from could his cards. Could you see his this. hands? Before this, yes. Nowadays, okay. well, not nowadays, this last match, you couldn't. Yeah, well, and, oh, yeah, that's fair and, also, it was uh, very much a blink and you'll miss it, but there was a moment where when they were doing, you know, that shot where you have both teams uh, laid on top of each other. Yeah. The one on the Emmanuel team, I think, there was a slight kind of jump to the left. Okay. And oh. it was just like, for some reason, this 
I, I could imagine that this is a camera that you don't need to pan across at all. You it's just you dial a zoom and you undo the zoom, and that's all you need to do. But mm. it wasn't quite centered at first. Well, you're very observant. And then also, normally at the end, you have you know the pan zooms of the, the teams uh, kind of <laughs> yeah. talking to each other. Sorry, I just feel like this is the kind of thing that the production team goes, yeah, who's gonna notice? And then there's weirdos like us who do podcasts and notice well, tiny changes in camera angles. <laughs> hey, two things. One, it was quite noticeable, and I was just. <laughs> wondering what's going on and two we have to find content somehow to talk about well i mean we could go into some questions we like could I said. but i just wanted to kind of sure, point sure. out and i wonder if it's this is a stylistic change that they're going to do moving forward or maybe it was just one of those days where the tech gremlins came out in force and were causing issues with the camera setup yeah it could be it could be because i like to think about the gremlins yeah well hey speaking of gremlins there was a question on mythical creatures so ah yes like... <laughs> thank you for pulling me out of this uh weird uh <laughs> someone heard to tom this someone weird anoraki moment but yes um of course i you know i did point it out during uh, the uh, live tweeting but i really enjoyed the one about yeah, the imaginary creatures. Yeah, because there was the banshee, uh, the basilisk, and not gremlin, but... Uh... The, the behemoth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Somebody the opposite of a gremlin yeah, in exactly. terms of size and stature. Yeah, so that was cool. And I have to say, what I quite liked is that this question could have been about the monster manual of Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, yeah. And you've had exactly the same answers. Or just many, many pop culture books and films and, and, Absolutely. and comics that... Because these are, I think, very culturally, widely referenced mythical creatures. Indeed, because, um, yeah. you know, we did see uh, quite a few basilisks in the finale of uh, the season two of The Witcher. Oh, yeah, we did. Spoilers if you haven't seen it yet, but it's been out for a month and a bit now. You know, you should have seen it anyway. Yeah, and banshees as well, I think, fairly common. Um, see them in lots of stories. It's a fairly common thing because, you know, we love to make tragic women the villain of stories in yeah. Uh, literature. Yeah, yeah. And Behemoth... Actually, that's not something you see that often. Mm -hmm. I think because it's, it's a very biblical element to yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, maybe kind of King Kong, Godzilla-esque uh, reinterpretations of that. There's a question on stage diagrams that I thought was pretty cool. Because was... uh, I, I really like that, you know, if you were someone with theatre experience, uh, this is a question that you would have been able to get. Um, mm -hmm. Because it's about all these different ways that you stage plays to get different reactions from the audience to tell the story in different ways from different angles. So I thought that was pretty cool. Were you able to answer this? Not really. Well, I did theatre for my A-levels. That yeah. was really long ago. And I did remember things like in the rounds, but you know, it was too long ago for me to really remember everything. Yeah, back to the last I stage, I get that. Oh, uh, yeah. Did it. Yeah, exactly. And I noticed that Polonia was often the one that uh, the team were turning to to answer these. Yeah. And, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because she does English. Well, yeah, because if you do English, you are probably doing a fair bit of Shakespeare and Marlowe and other playwrights because you do also, you know, tend to... You yeah, know, read through and uh, study these texts because yeah, and I really liked like hearing more from Pullinger as well. Mm -hmm. I think she she kind of chipped in a lot more than I've seen in previous rounds. So it was, it was fun to to see her expertise come come in and shine. Speaking of Pullinger's expertise, what was I think the shocker of the uh, episode was that um, Chan and Oyang were not able to uh, yeah. dissect the classical music. The classical music, so the um, that went to Emmanuel, right? Yeah, because mm -hmm. Pullinger was able to recognize a host of planets. Yeah, so that was great. Um, I love that classical music round as well mm. strangely because it was particularly violent it was about uh, strings that hit the the wood as they are plucked. it was specifically for um pieces where there was at least a couple of notes which were 
quite loud indeed is how Paxman described it. Yeah. <laughs> which I think is something uh, something something fortissimo. I can't remember oh, yeah. music notation anymore. Yeah. I've not played any since I was 18. But uh, that was one where Bullinger was definitely the one that they were relying on. Yeah. So I feel like maybe this is something she's interested in outside of it. Or maybe yeah. when you're delegating how you prepare for these uh, rounds. Which is cool. Yeah. yeah. Fun. Um, yeah. And I also quite like the one of the questions that came at the very end about um, events that took place in years ending with 99. Yes. So it's I one like of those... those kinds of questions because, you know, you have half the date there for you. You just have to figure out the century. And there's a lot of context clues in the question itself to, to do that. So that was fun to work out. For sure, because it's one where if you're just asking for the straight year without any um, help, it would be very difficult because yeah. it would be the death of uh, one of the shoguns from, I think this was before the Ashikaka shogunate as well. So you really have to know when the major restoration happened and then what the Tokugawa shogunate was and then the Ashikawa one was. Well, so you have to you. kind of look at all that. Yeah. Hey, this is both something I studied and also uh, the setting of one of the games I played a lot of. So, you know, double dosage of I know this uh, Game game knowledge has proven really useful in university challenges. Speaking of, the other answer, which is the founding of the uh, Ottoman Empire. Oh, yeah. Okay. Which I had a similar guess to what Rathal gave. Thank you, Total War. But this is more European Universalis. Okay. Uh, Ottoman isn't really shown that much in any of the Total War games. Well, it is a bit in one of them. But anyway, uh, enough of that. Um... Yeah, that one was really cool. I will always love a good historical uh, question. Yeah. Another one which I thought was interesting was the one on astronomy because yeah. we, I think we always get a question about astronomy uh, these days mm-hmm. or some version of either astronomical units or... Events, the, yeah. Yeah, astronomical events, uh, astronomical, uh, you know, uh, kind of units of distance, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting. Yeah. And also... It's a good bet to ask about various um, uh, moons of Saturn and Jupiter because yeah. there are just so many of them. Yeah, I know. And it's very impressive when people get it right because uh, how much must you have memorized or how much must you know um, to get something so specific right? Yeah, because I think Saturn has 89 moons That's, or something. It's too many moons. It is far too many moons. Gosh, what are you doing, Saturn? Yeah, they are the billionaires Save of our solar system, huh? Yeah, you know. I know. Got that one percent. Then we have just. I mean, granted, it's a very nice moon, but we only have one it's of one them. Of you know, it, yeah. can you imagine how nice it would be to have two moons? Yeah, I know. Or, or eighty-eight. I mean, I mean, that would do hell to our tidal system. I know. I know. Into our we just have permanently raised oceans because <laughs> no matter where it is, it's high tide. It would have pillars of oceans. <laughs> pillars cool. of ocean. Cool. Or you could have that scene from Interstellar where you just have that huge three-mile wave every, oh, you know, uh, twenty-eight minutes. Spectacular. Indeed. Another one which was nice was the these uh, words. Uh, the oh, word the question pair questions. about the words. What, what do you mean? The word pair questions, oh, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. They're always a, a nice staple because, pair, yes. you know, the ones where I feel like everyone can have a good uh, crack at those because it's not necessarily you need to know all of the words. It could be, okay, if I know what this word is, mm-hmm. what word sounds similar, which is probably a real world, real world, real, <laughs> a real word. A real world word. A real world word. It's just, it's one of those fun ones, which, you know, considering both of us have now really gotten into Wordle, which has, oh, you know, yeah, Wordle, everyone. dominated uh, the known uh, universe. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm getting much more into these kind of word games. Yeah, yeah. So I really too. enjoyed uh, playing yeah. along with that one, as it were. Fair enough, fair enough. So now it's time to move into some stats. So courtesy of UC Stats on Twitter. 
So like I said at the beginning, if you just kind of look at the charts of the number of questions and percentage of questions that the teams got right, it looks very, very equal. It's like looking at um, kind of a palindrome or a mirror, if you will. Um, Emmanuel got nine out of their starter questions correct. Yeah. Uh, St. John's eight. Okay. Uh, both got 12 um, starter questions each in total. Mm-hmm. And then in terms of bonus questions, very equal. Again, Emmanuel managed 13 um, as compared to St. John's 12. So really, it came down to just maybe one or two questions that would have made the difference. Indeed. What are the percentages on those? So in terms of starter questions, correct. Emmanuel, 75%. Okay. um, St. John's, 67. Uh And then for bonus questions, Emmanuel, 52. And St. John's, 50. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, lower 50s is, you know, respectable. Mm. But as we've said before, you need, uh, you need to be aiming for the higher 50s to low 60s yeah. to really be in a good shout for getting yeah. uh, to the finals of I this agree. competition. So what was also interesting is that both teams came in with six correct interruptions each. So yeah, you were right. These two teams, there was almost nothing in it. Yeah, it was it was so, so close. Um, and I think also goes to show how much uh, more confident Emmanuel Cambridge has become. Absolutely. To, to make six correct interruptions, I think. Um, yeah, so it was cool. It'll be interesting to see how Trinity performs when their match comes up. Yeah. Because I feel like they, they'll be next because... They're coming up next, yes. Yeah, and they're facing... Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Oh, that will be interesting. Trinity versus Edinburgh. That's going to mm. be a real tough match, I, I think. Yeah, Kim and uh, Ko. Kim and Co versus uh, Sundar's magnificent hair and <laughs> the vast knowledge that is Ben Russell Jones. Yes. No, that's going to be a tough one. And we'll fun. see, you know, how the third Cambridge College uh, manages. Fairs, yeah. Because if they are distinctly better in terms of stats, that might be an interesting thing to kind of dissect. Mm-hmm. So, so there we have it. Enough of that stats. Thank you very much once again, UC <laughs> Stats, for doing the Lord's work. But now it is time to set all of this aside and talk about what is really needed. Yes, what we're all here for. Exactly. The best dress. So on the count of three, one, two, three. Malcolm. Malcolm. Yay, we're aligned. So I like Malcolm because she had this really nice knitwear on, mm. a nice kind of white uh, cream black patterned yeah. uh, knitwear. I thought that really looked nice. She always looks really elegant. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so congratulations to Malcolm. And she has what a wonderful collection of knitwear, I have to say. <laughs> you know, from the very eclectic design from the first match to yeah. <laughs> slightly more distinguished or, uh, yeah, you know, formal, maybe, formal yeah. stuff. Yeah, I would say. No, she was looking magnificent. Mm-hmm. The only thing I would say is a shame is that she was hiding her piercings. Okay. Because I think she has a very nice collection of those, All which right. you can't really see when she's wearing her hair down like yeah, that. But yeah. was looking magnificent. But I have to say, Great I think... hair as well. Oh, magnificent hair. <laughs> but I have to say the best hair of the team has to go to Pullinger. Oh, yeah? Just wonderful thick uh, locks, I have to yeah, say. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, she does amazing things with it, absolutely. Yeah. But I would say the entire manual team were looking very... Uh, Put together, yeah. Yeah, you very know. smart. I think Fatih is looking magnificent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He... I think it's just he's managed to really capture that look, you know, with the glasses and the shirt. Yeah, and very um, his haircut. erudite, very scholarly. Yes, but the kind of, you know, uh, 
attractive scholar look that you often get in <laughs> not, these... Not um, the unattractive, ugly scholar look. You know, they exist. <laughs> that's true. But that's not to say that, you know, the uh, St. John's team were... Uh, yeah, know, I think they all looked uh, pretty smart. Yeah, these are two very well put together teams. Yeah. And I'm glad that we're seeing a bit more of a breakup from the usual, you know, shirt with a uh, jumper look. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure that uh, University Challenge Couture is happy to have a bit of a breakup in that. I know, yeah. Unfortunately, we haven't quite gone to the euphoria stage of uh, the competition. Oh, no, no, the cosplay stage or the Marvel yeah. comic stage. But uh, we'll get there, hopefully. Yeah, indeed. Well, speaking of uh, the imaginary monsters, I would really like to see one of these teams come up dressed as an adventuring party from Dungeons and Dragons. Oh. <laughs> so, you know, full paladin plate and then your know, ro- rogue leathers. Why not? Why not? Hey, you know. I'd watch that. I'd enjoy that immensely. I mean, we watch it regardless, so that's not really <laughs> saying very much. But thank you so much for uh, listening to yet another one of these. This was a fantastic match, I have yeah, to say. Yeah, and if you want to drop us a message on our socials, uh, please feel free to get in touch. We're on Instagram and Twitter, as I got that one. And you, you can even drop us an email at igtopodcast at gmail.com. Indeed, if you have any further predictions, any comments. If you're on one of the teams and you want to kind of drop us a line, we're more than happy to have a listen. If you want to talk to us about what's been happening... By all means, you know, it's always great fun to interact with the people who are taking part. Yes, indeed. And so until next time, it is goodbye from me. And goodbye from me.